You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another episode. This is all Fortnite talk as we are coming out of the grand finale of the FNCS and gearing up for that brand new season. As you can see from the title of this week's episode, a lot to talk about. Big acquisitions happening across the board, shaking things up in esports, and we're seeing that bleed into the Fortnite scene right now. Most likely, as there's been a big, big announcement coming out of Gamers 8. But more importantly, we get to talk all things FNCS and the recap of how that weekend happened. And lucky for us, we have the returning Panda. He's at home to talk about his in-person experience, of course, <laughs> at, the, at the venue. But before we get into today's episode, I want to thank you guys for, of course, checking in with us, downloading this week, and, of course, supporting us week to week. Don't forget to leave those reviews with us. And, uh... Yeah, man. Welcome back. So let's go ahead and get into it. Panda, my boy. What's happening, brother? Hey, man. Good to be home. I'm going to be honest. Living in a hotel room for a couple weeks. Probably. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love traveling. I love doing it for work. But like after those few weeks, definitely happy to be in my own bed. Yeah, and SPG, man. What's going on with you, bro? Hey, just back. Ready to talk about some video games. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Lots of, uh, lots of cover here. Panda, let's Let's just pick up where where you just came from, where you left off from. <laughs> you were right inside the heart of Copenhagen on travel once again for the majors. This this time we now get to call it Grand Finals, the Grand Finals of Major yeah. One. Give me your high level experience, man. What was it like? Start us from the beginning. You get out there to Copenhagen. You start, you know, have, of course being able to cover that content. Yeah, for sure. It, it was really cool. It was a good trip. Obviously, last year, you went out twice, right? But it was the first two times in studio. And it felt like uh, it felt like a bit more formulaic as, as we got to understand the stage. But this season felt really like, hey, Blast did a good job of, like, handing the reins off to the talent and being like, hey, like, build the show you kind of want. Like, here's some, here's some, like, building blocks, essentially. But, like, create something incredible based off of, like, what you want to talk about. And so I think it let like a lot more creativity into the actual show itself, which was really cool. And then of course, being in Denmark, Denmark, one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. What uh, was the, genuinely. what was the weather like out there, man? How, how was Cold. the vibes? Really? Bro, uh, oh, no. it, you want to know how like it varied, right? So when I got home uh, to North Carolina, to give you context, I, it was like 30, 38 degrees when I got home. And then when I woke up, in the morning, it was like 40 degrees. And then that afternoon, it was, se it was 70 degrees, right? Wow. In Copenhagen, you wake up, it's 31. And you go out midday, it's 38. Yep. There's, not, there's no <laughs> variation of temperature. Like, it is just cold or colder. There's <laughs> nothing in between. So, so there's not a lot of variation in weather. Very, very windy, as always. But the culture, the food, and, and just being able to feel more active. Yeah, that's it good, is man. Just such a big plus to being out there. Coming right out of that that winter spell that's been hitting the mm -hmm. world, so that's that's definitely different. I don't I don't think I've been out there in Copenhagen while it's been really cold. We've got some rainy weather, but yeah, cold to be cold to be interesting to experience. So, uh, yeah, we we start gearing up for FNCS, man. FNCS just concluded. We had a phenomenal phenomenal European uh, competition. I was I was honestly mega dialed in more so to I think the EU happenings as opposed to the the na east ones but na east was definitely great season obviously acorn and cold coming out as the champions acorn uh, taking that bulls dance on social media like saying hey listen i'm the best in the world baby how many times do i got to do this so 
love to really see him coming into his confidence as someone who just really keeps a low profile. But I think I think he's feeling now more than ever as you know a lot of people maybe exited that hey he's one of the, he's one of the few standing vets and he's really really got it and he's got that confidence. So that was awesome. But SBG of course. With you watching all the competition this weekend, Let, let's give the people at home what made EU so special. We obviously had a great rivalry and a two-horse race at the end. We like to see it, you know, of course, a little bit closer with more teams, but we had two of the best teams, of course, chasing down that number one spot. Did it come down to one-point grand finals? How exciting. Yeah, singular point. And Malibu has been hating himself for the past like couple of days on social media. If you're listening by any chance, please don't, bro. Like you, you absolutely played out of your mind. Sometimes other people just play better and gotta accept that. Nonetheless, it was one point. He was box to box with Vino. No, it wasn't Vino. Sorry, but box to box with a player. If he gets that Elim, they win. And if he doesn't, obviously didn't. They go down and lose quote unquote because second place really isn't losing they lost by one point and still thomas and malabuka get to advance to the global championship eu was the only region where more than one team advances so every region this season just the winner advance so mustache and tason mustache wins his first tason wins his fifth wow now he's won a fncs in duos solos and trios a uh, little, little debate going on. Everyone <laughs> was like, okay, Taysen's back as a goat. He had a little bit of a lull right there, wins again. And then there was kind of a, a little bit of an epic collapse by Giannis and Reason. They led day one by about 70 points. I think it's 67 points. So pretty much a full game. And then Taysen was, let's see, 120 points behind. Malibuka was 102 points behind. So there is a lot of room wow. to make up on day two. And if we just look at what these two teams did on day two, absolutely phenomenal. First, sixth, second, eighth, eighth, seventh. That's Mustache and Taysen. Not a single double-digit placement. Then for Malibuka and Thomas HD, fourth, second, third, ninth, 11th, and eighth. So one double-digit placement, but even still, like those two just absolutely balled out by far the best two teams on day two and hey when it came down to it it was a really exciting tournament and we just got to see like the leaderboard at the end of the day was the best teams the best players and everyone that showed out throughout the entire season showing up during finals yeah and there's other notable players up inside that top 10 i want to give just shout outs man we got pink up there and nebs finish inside the top seven of course, Queezy and Vino, we kind of touched on them having a top four performance as well. So nothing to be overlooked at. When you look at their points, though, compared to first and second, it is very much a day and night difference. It just looks like the two-day competition got the best of the bulk of the EU lobby. And there was really only Taysen, Mustache, Malibu, and Thomas HD that was able to, I guess, play as consistently as they would have liked. Everyone else for sure has to hit a little bit of an evaluation, I think, on their performances. As a, yeah, they were they were far off the mark. And just to give you an idea, 600 plus points were for first and second, and then it drops way on down to 480 and below, and it just plummets once you fall outside that top four. So a really really stiff competition, difficult competition going across the EU scene, but it was highly highly competitive. The the desk, the analyst, the the casting crew was buzzing about this head to head competition. I remember his game 
10 and 11 especially how close it was going back to back every game literally felt like a mini finale because you could see the perspectives from the observing team how they were doing the coverage just showing those two teams really battling it battling it out the clutches the solo performances between Taysom Mersash who got first place and Malibuka and Thomas HD just them constantly doing everything in their power to stay alive and keep it as close as it was was just very very fun to watch and, and that's what happens when you have two teams break away like that and we you kind of put the focus all on them so what a great weekend from them I know, like you said, Malibu and Thomas feel like, you know, it's an L, but it's really not, man. They, they did so well, and luckily we will see them at the Global Championship. So that will be the land happening in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, all announced, I believe, up there. And I'm not sure if, like, tickets are for sale and stuff like that, but I know I know all the information is pretty much out there, more or less, where it's going to be hosted. So EU is sick. Jumping on over to NA, the North America, the last time we'll see East and West as two separate regions competing before the central merge. Talk to me, Panda. What was it like just being there? Of course, you were calling all the action on the front line. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of the more exciting FNCSs to watch and, and watch unfold. One thing, like, not a lot of people talked about in the rule set, there was a match point uh, system in place. So in theory, it was 475 points, three wins. In theory, Acorn and Cold, yes, they won. And they won with 594 points. But had they won additional game, they could have activated match point and caused the whole thing to go quick. So there, there was just so much to the weekend that was insane to watch. I loved seeing Enpen pop off and do well. He, he's one of my like community favorite pro players. His personality is really great. He's a good dude. And he has like natural excitement about things. And of course, he's a part of the collegiate community as well. So got to give him props there too. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed, I didn't notice as prominent in EU as I did NA. No one, I shouldn't say no one, a lot of people were putting out inappropriate names and getting caught with the user tag. People, what, like, what do we got to do here to convince you that it just makes more sense to use your name? Like branding, potential sponsorships. Like let's say the head of like Red Bull is watching and they're like, hey, I want to like, I want to pick a, really exciting pro and give them a deal and let's just say hypothetically Npen's teammate Byla right Npen and Byla win and Byla has his name as chess genius if you're a red a red bull representative that wants to give somebody a sponsorship you're not going to know how to reverse engineer and search for the person the player's actual name no you're going to look up chess genius and guess what when you don't find chess genius you're going to get they're just going to go to the next person so yeah really been an ongoing battle man the the whole name thing looking at the top 10 we have in seventh aviv lv and user random numbers generated and and, and letters to go along with it imagine finishing inside the top 10 and not using any kind of in-game name that's notice notable to track back to you it is it's a shame because it really brings down the scene we we see this a lot in our space where, you know, Fortnite sometimes can be viewed as a game that you don't take very seriously as a competitive product, et cetera, et cetera. Although it has one of the highest skill ceilings, you know, across any competitive title as hard of a game to become a pro in as any other ones out there, arguably tougher when it comes down to the scale of difficulty. So it sucks, man. You, you asked me, uh, what do they have to do? I don't know at this point. We've been drilling it for years now, boys. We're failing. 
Hey, there's nothing we can do at this point. You can't no. fix stupid. Can't fix stupid. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely agree. Well, uh, listen, there's nothing stupid about our first place winners, Cold and Acorn, coming in hot. They had the big coach Sven in their corner. Sven had an excellent weekend. Everyone that he has more or less been a part of this journey in the last couple of years has continued to just perform very, very well. And, yeah. and now we get to see Cold and Acorn jump up to the top. Kind of hinted at Acorn's, how do I say it, confidence really starting to come on through. And it, it does come off the back of this great performance. And he had a pretty good invitational performance as well. I have to look back exactly at where he finished off. But this is now, again, another championship win under his belt here. He's feeling excellent. He's on an up and up. And coming alongside Cold, somebody's gone. You talked about Cold in particular. He's jumped into your top five greats right now. It's, tell me why. why. Why are we thinking Cold is one of the best in the world? Um, He just plays fights perfectly and understands how to frag that I don't know that I've seen on a level in this region. Times we've seen some players do similar things, but at the consistency that Cold does, just seems to be able to do whatever he wants when he wants and simply set up refreshes and then understand how to clutch solo games, right? It's more than just being a good solo player, being a good teammate. He has it all and constantly is showing, like, every single game, you know, we'd see Acorn go down, they'd run out of mats, and then Cold's like, all right, cool, I got three builds, I got to make something happen. He gets four elims, another, like, six places, and then I think one game he had, like, 66 points as a solo which is absolutely absurd so he's just balling out he's playing perfectly I, I think if you go back back and watch any of the games you just see how good he is and in my opinion he's the best player in the region right now acorn best igl in the region as he's continued to show but the combination of the two is disgusting and i almost wonder if it has something to do with like he got to play with scented right definitely has one ideology about how the game's played and understanding. And then he spent a while playing with Acorn too. So two of the greatest minds that we have in the region, Cole's just sitting there soaking all that in and then being disgusting mechanically while learning at the same time. It has been insane to watch. And I mean, it looks like he's going to have a Vino kind of year where he mm -hmm. just goes on to take over and show he's the best. And I'm looking at just his socials and really seeing what he's putting out there. It's all Fortnite. It's all how he's qualifying, reporting his performances, giving credit where credit's due to his coach, Sven, and how much effort and work's really gone into it. And I'm looking at February 11th, bad day in the office at Acorn, at Sven. He got a bad day in the office to him is top five in FNCS week two. You know what I mean? To him, it's yeah. all or nothing. He's got this championship mentality coming into play. And I think you can, we can absolutely attribute that to players like Scented. Yes, Scented has this history of being toxic. And, you know, he kind of has this, this, I would say personality flaw, if you will, right? He's he's a he's a short fuse kind of guy. Sometimes he does things that he probably shouldn't. But when it comes down to how he perceives himself as a competitor, it is very clear that he is surrounded himself with other winners and people that want to win. And Cold is just showing signs of that, which is very very cool. I don't see really no excuses on his timeline, man. He's just putting in that work. Uh, I want to just read this one appreciation tweet from him on on March fifth here. He just says appreciation tweet for Sven. Put in so much work for us and always made sure we're in the good right space of mind and always checking up on us. He deserves much more credit. He's a god coach and a lot of the community showed him love right there, Panda. So, I mean, you can yeah. really just see him uh, giving credit to people that help him out. 
Well, and here's a few fun facts about the weekend, right? And we'll start with obviously some of the stuff that is around cold, right? So cold and scented play together for quite some time. Top 10 performances all around. Like they were just doing exceptionally well together. Cold switches to Acorn. Cold decides not to go back to scented when scented decides to commit fully to the season. Scented and Dukes play together and they proceed to place 37th in grand finals. So both teams that were originally from the now existing duo of Scented and Dukes, like their duos, ex-duos, I should say, performed better than them following the split. So Clicks performed in 29th with Donnie, and of course, Acorn and Colt in first. Now, another fun fact, both of the top teams from EU and NA were both coached in the grand finals and have a coach throughout the entire season. So that if you're a high-level pro and you have potential to be at the top of this leaderboard, your first thought should be, how do I get myself a Blood X or a Sven? Because these guys are making an impact on these teams, clearly, as it shows in the leaderboard. Yes, that preparation, that's a little bit of a controversy going on in the space right now, actually. Today, as we're recording this, March 8th here, there's a Woman of the Arena event happening. And in on socials, there's like this split perspective of like, basically, the Woman of the Arena EFUSE team has decided that Coaches are banned from their events. You cannot ban coach these women competitors. And, and they were saying, hey, well, if FNCS, the, the biggest stage, the most competitive product, can have coaches, why can't we? And there's people that agree with it. There's people that don't. What are, obviously, I think we're all biased to the idea of, yeah, we should, we should allow coaches, in my opinion, in, in competition. It's not like they're doing the, the playing for them. Like You literally have mm -hmm. to perform at the end of the day. But there's there's this value add to having someone who, like like Cole just said, just keeping them in the right space, just hey reinforcement, you know that that can do wonders. Yeah, and we've already been through this. Like literally, competitive Fortnite has sat here and been like, no, coaching isn't allowed, and it's never not been allowed. It's just at previous lands, you weren't allowed to have your coach on stage. It's kind of like the only thing where you're not allowed to have a coach. But even at the most recent Invitational, they allowed coaches to get access to stuff. Yeah. So there's literally no excuse or anything like that. One other person I want to throw a shout out to while we're talking about coaches is Shaco Laden. Seems to be all of the best coaches are EU based. Right. He worked with Trashy and Pump and those two had a phenomenal mm. season for both of them. So I wanted to give a shout out to him as well, just as another person that deserves some credit. And also, I think it just all has to go back to Kinch. Kinch is, you know, also just in the EU, man. He's out here pulling out the data. Where, where's the where's the bright minds of NA at? What's going on, man? We need to step it up, boys. Where's the where's our good analysts coming through? Food. Is it the food? Listen, it might I'm be. I'm telling you, man, the, sm the smartest I've ever been was eating over there in Denmark. I tell you <laughs> what, I know this sounds like a joke, but in all seriousness, when... 95% of the stuff in our food here in the U.S. is illegal in Denmark. Yeah. And you start to feel better after eating their food. Something's up. I can see it. I can see things, maybe science and, and studies in the future attributing some kind of performance, you know, degradation for being on an only American diet. There's definitely some stuff going on there. But, yeah, man, EU, EU just has pulled far and away as, as some of the, uh, the, the more brighter minds in the space when it comes down to Fortnite. And while we're still on NA, giving the shouts out to coaches before we dive into anything else, Yamzo Rise, also another Blood X duo that performed really well. One of the coolest things that I think I've seen out of teams that Blood X works with is having a game plan and being able to execute on that. 
just understanding, okay, here's how a game of Fortnite goes, and here's how we want to play it based on X, Y, and Z in our situation each game, and the ability to show that they can win games. Like, that is a pretty consistent Blood X piece of a game is, okay, we're going to try and win games, Queasy and Vino being the most notable ones. But also, shout out to Revise and Reciprocal. Yeah. First NA, actually, I think first like NA or EU double controller duo to place in the top five, believe within at least a year, 99% confident. No one did it last year. And it's been a while before that since we had a duo FNCS. So shout out to them. Fairly unknown players, but definitely have been consistently showing that improvement over the past year and a half. Reciprocal and Revise have had tons of I would say appearances in these high level competitions, especially on the on the cash cup leaderboards. Like they've they've been around for quite some time in the practice scene. So it's good to see this again, this new era starting to come around and, and that work really starting to catch up as they put a few years in. Uh, but it's it's not just NA and EU that have slots to the FNCS now, completely locked into the global championship, I should say, the land that's gonna be happening in, in Denmark. I wanna give credits and respects, big, big shout outs to Brazil's PA Zin and Quitos. They come first place in Brazil, making PHZ not only a free agent now as of yesterday, but he's a 5X FNCS champion and a 17X tournament winner, just going across all of his Cash Cup wins and other tournaments that he's competed in. He's got over $290,000 earned, and he's just one of the best, man. At the FNCS Invitational, Brazil had some of the lowest representation as far as the amount of duos that showed up, I believe. We had uh, no more than five, but it might have been like more like three or four. I remember obviously PH Zin and Kito's being one of them, but we had Ed and, and King there and and one other duo that, that's slipping my mind at the moment that also finished inside the top 10. But hey man, Kito's comes in and, and they formed very, very well at the grand finals. They had 538 points, so not even as close as Europe and or, or not even as far ahead as Europe and, and A got, which tells me right? That the region is highly competitive and, and the leaderboard shows that like a much, much, much more competitive standing of 538 being the winning threshold, the second best team, 519, and then 584. So you can really see that in five and 496, excuse me, 484 and 496. So it was really, really close between that top five. So they had a, a truly competitive and, and close competition. And that's the team that's coming to my mind. It was KBR and Zeet also, again, well inside that top 10, just, just very, very great performing teams and actually it's it's cheat which is shit in in brazil so i told him <laughs> i told him change your name <laughs> if you want us to pronounce you correctly for the for portuguese there so very very funny stuff but dude i think brazilian region continues to find themselves improving and they are just one more step closer to being undeniable un undoubtedly in the conversation for like best players in the world you have to include these Brazilian players, we're just getting closer and closer to the point to where you can't doubt how good they are. Without a doubt. I think Begazine by himself is already starting to push that conversation into one of the world's best. He showed it at land, finishing fifth. Now he's come back. He's like, all right, cool. Back with my duo. Let's go. Wins FNCS. They're balling again. And he's now, I believe he won three FNCSs in a row. This is his fourth. He won one while ago before he won three in a row so really putting his name down as a staple within the Fortnite competitive space and i'm so excited to see him compete at lan again because that kid is disgusting at this game yeah you know one of my most 
fun stories was after the land, I spent the whole night hanging out with all the Brazilian boys. They were speaking Portuguese. I understand Spanish. We met in the middle. And I was also hanging out with Snacky, again, a West player. He's, he understands Spanish. He doesn't speak Portuguese. But it was like, if you knew fluent Spanish and Portuguese, that was like the click. Like, everyone was kind of hanging out. And we had a good time, man, drinking and, and just kind of, you know, just vibing out in the hotel lobby and, and going for a little spin around around the neighborhood. So just, just interesting stories. They're so down to earth. They're not only, you know, serious competitors, but they, they're fun, spirited young, young, young men and, and women over there. So just really cool. I'm rooting for them. I've become much more of a fan, especially since the FNC is invitational. We all remember they were the loudest folk in the crowd, all their families and, and supporters and friends rooting for them. So really cool stuff, man. Well, listen, FNCS Panda, it was, it was awesome, man. Well, we of course also got to see a little bit of West go down because, you know, West, West as a region stands as is right now, but soon we'll just be, we'll be merging all together and, and we'll only be conversing about who's the best in NA. Yeah, it was cool on broadcast because we were able to use the narrative of this is the final NA East Grand Finals. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, that's it. There's, there will be no more because it'll all just be NA. And genuinely, I believe it's a good, good uh, decision going into the new season. And I even watched Dignitas put out a boot camp video for the week leading up into FNCS. And Vuga was asked the same question. And he's like, at first I was pissed. And he's like, I guess I got to deal with zero ping. But then the more he thought about it, the more he's starting to get uh, on board with the idea. So I, I think the community will realize the value in this. I mean, the merged prize pools, the uh, the more diverse player base, like there's going to be more challenges, more opportunities for practice. Like the fact that, like if you think about it, EU as it stands right now is, is basically the way the NA is going to be. Yeah. So these players just have to realize, like, guess what? This is what's been done in EU for as long as EU has been a thing, and we're just now in NA having to do the same thing. And it'll be a little inconvenient for some people, and some people, unfortunately, probably won't be able to compete at the highest level anymore. Yeah, and just, um, but for a majority of players, it's going to be a win. Yeah, and I was just going to say, just big shout-outs to Thoric and Bolts. <clears throat> they come first on NA West. Again, this is NA West's last FNCS as well, so they, they get to crown themselves FNCS champions as they start leading into, or as we all start leading into, the new season. Defiable and Polo come second. Snacky and Pars continue to be at the top with the top three performance. Re and Epic Will sneak up in there inside the six. We always expect them to continue to do well. I think this is one of Epic Will's poorer performances, and it's crazy to think a top six is not, you know, amazing or anything like that, for him at least. But, you know, exactly who we think needs to be inside the top ten on NA West is there. Caleb and Batman Booga and... Just outside of that, Zooks and Bacon, you know, again, these are players that we've seen and, and continue to watch compete on NA West. Soon we'll have them all just under this NA umbrella, and that's going to tighten up the standings. It's going to tighten up the competition. And like you said, we're going to have the EU effect. There's going to be amazing players left outside of qualifying because it's only going to become more difficult. And what's going to happen to the region is going to be, I think, a, a region shift in play style. West is absolutely a much more aggressive region. They play differently. They practice in more of this like zone wars and, you know, box fight kind of style, bringing them all together with the NA players. There's already conversation. I've been chatting with Stretch. He's interested in bringing back high-level competition himself. So he's going to be going crazy next year or this next season. So I'm super interested to see what Stretch has got. I'm not sure if y'all see him on Twitter, but he did tweet out. He said, hey, man, I got one more in me. He's feeling like he's got another season. I think he's feeling motivated 
after sitting this last one back and watching how it all went out. So, you know, next next season, ooh, we got we got some some motivation coming in for well, some of these NA players. I'm just going to say hot take right now. He doesn't make it to grand finals. Okay. You, you can say that all you want, man. I think I think Stretch has got take. it. Yeah, I think so too. Now, the real question is, who's going to duo with him, right? We've seen I him. Commandment. I was going to say, we've seen him obviously pair up with Commandment and uh, come short, right? That was Commandment's worst performance, the season where Stretch wasn't taking it seriously, and Commandment played with him. They came, like, dang near 49th. He was not happy with that, and Commandment dropped him and went directly with a great, more serious, I think, focused player. Was it Scented at that time? No. No, it was Avery. It was Avery. Right? Sorry, yep. And then they go on to literally win, like, you know, their season and stuff like that. So commandment, if he's going to be paired up with commandment, you know they're not. Commandment's not going to allow them to slack off. Good player. When he wants to be. When he wants True. to be. There is a new season in front of us, though. We've been skirting around the topic, and now we get to jump a little bit into it. Not much that we can share right now without getting into more hardcore leaks, but I think this is a fun one to talk about. If you don't want to hear what we've heard or seen online about the theme, maybe skip forwards. I'll give it two minutes, and <laughs> we should be good here. So we're just going to lightly touch on it starting now. You've been warned. I saw from Hypex some of these skins being revealed. I'm not going to jump too much into the skins, but what we're seeing, SBG here, there's a there's a theme going on. It's like a, this neo-punk, mega city, you know, Japanese, retro colors. It's got a lot going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it a Tokyo theme until Tokyo we know vibe. anything better. <laughs> They'll probably give us an actual name for it. I think they've called it Mega, maybe? Mega's um, in there. Mm -hmm. Is what it's been called, but... If the leaks, I don't even think they're leaks. Fortnite has been posting these. If what Battle Pass skins are the leaks or whatever they're posting right now, it's going to be a pretty good Battle Pass. I'm excited to see we're transferring from like this old ye hammer and shield and sword meta to now a super futuristic one. It'll be a cool transition. One, no, one... for sure. Oh, yeah. The Battle Pass, the full Battle Pass leaked. Hypex leaked it with some other stuff but now we're obviously seeing fortnite officially drop some things but guys i'm like i'm a little nervous did what, you guys what are you nervous about the shockwave sword oh no is this another leak <laughs> yeah the shot is basically the hammer just re revamped for this season Ooh, Not interesting oh uh, gosh i was gonna say interesting I, dude we're gonna have like a lot going on i wish you could have seen spg's face in that moment Everybody listening, because you know, like, he's like, not again. SVG sat up straight in his chair, leaned over, grabbed his mouse, started scrolling through Twitter. He's like, where is this thing? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, man, that, that, would be a, that would be a crazy, crazy shock to us all if we, if we seen another wild weapon like that. Um, we did see the, the shockwave get nerfed, or not nerfed, I should say bolted temporarily, as there were, like, I think, bugs in the game with it, kind of causing some issues there. So, who knows? They could be keeping the shockwave around. I think... I think it will make sense. It kind of just blends into the color theme of what this kind of mega city vibe is looking like. But, you know, we haven't really had a theme in Fortnite where the game goes a little dark, you know? Like, I'm talking, like, the lights and, like, I think Batman kind of vibe when Batman Gotham City was took over Tilted. We haven't really had that take over the world, right, in some kind of some kind of essence where we have more dark, a darker theme. So I am curious yeah. to see if they if they go down that route. It seems out of, I think, anything we've experienced so far with Fortnite, but not not so far away from the lore of the game, especially because, uh, you know, Fortnite has everything. And the thing I'm most interested to see here is 
how exactly they transition this, right? Because there's always that storyline. So right. how do we go from what seems to be the past into the future? Probably going to be like Jonesy coming out with some random machine that he made. Actually, I think it's on top of the Citadel, right? There's that giant ring on top of the Citadel. So maybe he'll press a button, screw something up again, and then all of a sudden they've gone way too far into the future, and now it's what's going on. Yeah, that's kind of the story right now. We're trying to land to get the proper time in the timeline, but we no one knows what that is right now. So we're, like you said, jumping back and forth, and this whole multiverse that Fortnite's been building on has been pretty awesome. So we have a lot coming into this new season. Again, only surface-level kind of theme stuff shared. Usually, as a season drops, we get like a new mechanic don't know what's going to be you know what that's going to be at the moment of course we just got introduced to augments and of course there's like vehicles in the game and we've seen a little bit of a, a play on all those things but how does that play out in the new season i'm in, i'm anticipating a bunch of new augments probably i'm, I'm anticipating that there's going to be a new augment system i think they're going to develop it more as a as opposed to, to adding anything else so i'd be more curious to see if they take the augment system and take it like a step further. I don't know what that means or what the evolution is, but I, I do think we have something there probably going to be built upon. I mean, look, that's what I'm most excited for. Genuinely, I think Epic is, and Fortnite have put themselves in a position where they no longer have to do big mechanical changes to the game because they can do things through the augment that make it feel as if mm -hmm. it's a brand new mechanic or a brand new some, whatever to, to adjust and, and, and put into the game. So look, I'm excited. This new season is going to be great. I felt like season one was strong. Obviously, there's definitely varying opinions of the hammer and, and a few other things, but I definitely think anything like season one or better, I mean, we are in for an incredible season. But I did see a note that was a little alarming that said season two is set to be longer than chapter two, season one. Interesting. Did, that? did that's not. Like four, four or five months. But, but this is what I will say. When that happened last, like we had a significant player drop off in the stalemate of the community. I think that was around primal season, right? And again, primal season wasn't even a hit because they removed that was like the beginning of them removing legendary pumps and they changed the game so much. It hurt the game, I think, to a point to where it, it never really recovered the that community. It, it left such a stain, I think, on, on players' experience. I hope that's not the case. Well, I'm okay with it if it's a great season, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. An extended season is fine if it's a great season. It's what it's what happens when you drop like a patch that people really don't like, and the guns are not too familiar, and and you kind of lose the, the the touch of the game that people love. That is where it becomes a problem. If this is going to be an extended season, I mean, it'll bleed straight into some of these major lands that's being announced right now, right? We did see Gamers Eight announced their larger than last year tournament. They were teasing that. It was going to be 2x the prize. Last year was $15 million. They ended up tripling the prize total across all of esports they're giving. It's going to be $45 million. I'm not sure if they announced if Fortnite's going to be a part of it, but everyone's assuming so, right? Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, it was last year. I would imagine they're just trying to add more titles, more money to everything, right? And that's pretty much what they said in the announcement is more money, more titles, more everything we're trying to blast into this, right? And we'll see. I mean, it was a cool tournament last year. There was some of those online qualifiers that then led into the finals, but the majority of players were invited. So if you're a top pro, you got to be pumped to see this, right? Because 
that's just me. It's more Ticket. big money coming yep. at you this year. You get to travel and meet your boys again. I'm excited for it because it was one of the cooler experiences I've had in the space. I didn't I didn't get to go, but it looked like y'all had a really good time and and everything yeah. we've conversated about and talked about. I mean, they took care of everyone involved. Saudi is just they're pumping money into esports right now and and they're really 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 getting after it. No, for sure. I think um it's just another attempt to up tourism in Saudi Arabia and they're I mean, they're doing so many things. It makes you curious like like how do they have the manpower to do all this stuff? Like they're building like a whole civilization, like like a big mall and shopping plaza and stuff. They're building the big mile or it's like seven mile or no, maybe it's like thirty mile long building. Like they're just doing insane projects that no one like would ever touch. But then on the top on top of that, they're also running major esports events. They're bringing uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo over to Saudi Arabia. Then you have these major boxing events taking place, like. There's just so much going into the ecosystem over there. It'll be interesting to see how much that affects tourism. But for us in esports, this is, in my opinion, it's a big W because we just don't have third-party events anymore at any scale remotely close to a major FNCS. And this one, if there is a Fortnite event, could exceed it. This is, this is about as big as it's gotten, I think, for any investment that we've seen in Fortnite. We've seen our fair share of a couple of lands, most of which, honestly, we can count on our hands, and they've been hosted by ESL. The Saudi kind of government and, and some folk over there that invested just, I want to say about a year ago, acquired ESL. They purchased them for, and face it, I think they bought like this whole conglomerate, DreamHack, face it, ESL, for upwards of around 500 or six or 700 million. I don't know. Crazy millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that are well outside my pay grade to understand how that even works, but they were bought out since then. They've turned this gas pedal online for esports competitions and put in the, the money behind the marketing there. And just recently, Vindex, the company that owns esports engine, esports engine that was once NGE Studios, fully acquired as well at an undisclosed amount by ESL as well. So ESL has now positioned themselves to quite literally be monopoly, if you will, over esports markets with production and as it pertains to tournament operations. And just to give you guys an understanding of like how big a company now this this ESL team is, before ESL bought Esports Engine, the three biggest production companies were ESL, Esports Engine, and we could throw in, let's call Blast. Blast is up there. DreamHack was up there, but DreamHack, again, owned by ESL. So you really had kind of like these three super prominent kind of um forces between eu and kind of the na spaces but now that's been all bought out so the very very select few companies that can compete at this large like land level right really putting on the big stuff you can include riot's production team and, and what they do definitely inside the conversation but they're kind of in their own their own in-house you know yeah. corner if you will but crazy crazy to think these the saudi entity this esl team they are they're going all in right now, man. They are. They are in a big way. And what's what's interesting, right? And you talked about it a little bit, but when you look at production companies and the ones that specifically handle AAA titles, there are now only two ESL and Blast. That is it. Riot, you can consider themselves, right? But that is an internal entity. So it's not even really a, like a production company that gets outsourced, if at all 
probably not often. So with that being said, that's what causes two things. It's exciting because more resources into events means maybe potentially more events and partnerships and things like that. Obviously, when contacts interact with one another, that brings yep. more people to the table to make things happen. But the other thing that makes us a little scary, at least from a talent perspective, is let's say you rubbed someone at ESL the wrong way. Let's just hypothetically. Um, and unfortunately, because of that one experience, now you don't have a good relationship with them. Well, guess what? ESL now has DreamHack, FaceIt, and Esports Engine. Yep. Three major companies that bring in a majority of the work that we see on on a, on a Fortnite, Twitch, ev like everything, right? So with them having so much of a controlling stake for talent, if you're not like, if you're not in good standings with them, you might lose out on a considerable amount of work because of it. Fortunately, in, you know, everybody in this call, we're all good with them. They don't <laughs> bust. But, but, but also, other people. I'm just saying, not even to mention, like, they, they control the rates, right? Like, what are you going to do if mm, there's no other point. options? They could just say, hey, yeah, you know what? We think you're, you know, this is where we want the market. They literally control their, the market because they have the absolute dominant market share. So it goes much further than just, like, being blackballed, I think, out of an opportunity. It's like, even if you have the opportunity, where else are you going to go if they offer you something you're not quite content with? So let us hope that, you know, we have good players at the top of this eco chain here and, and, and they continue to put as much into the, the background, you know, the, the backbone, talent, production crews, the staffing, as they are to the prizing. Because if you can put $45 million into prizing, but you want to skimp out your talent for a thousand bucks or something like that, that don't make a lot of sense. So, yeah. you know, but, but it, is, it is to be determined, it's to be seen. I want to I want to also just again touch on the fact that this is also really bad for production companies, small ones like myself. I run practice server, right? Here's a great example. We've been outsourced by Esports Engine in the past to help them. We've been outsourced by Dreamhack in the past to help them. We've helped, you know, a number of different companies whether it's consulting or just production support. When you have a company now merging three, four major big size staffing crews and, you know, production experts what happens is the little guys like us or the teams like us that do white label work, we're not, we're not needed, right? Because now where they once had the option, the decision maybe, hey, yeah, we like these guys. Let's go, let's go have them help us. They just have a much larger team to do it, again, in-house, right? So it is, it is really bad, I think, in a, in a lot of different ways. It doesn't affect the consumer by any means. But there's a whole, I think, ecosystem and market that can definitely see the, the downside of this much more so than, than anyone watching the products will. But I think we're already starting to see that. I mean, Beyond the Summit is a company that shut down. Man, that Granted, the Smash community, which they were a big part of, has kind of been falling apart as of recent. But like Mango said, they'll play in a garage, sweaty dudes. Like, they're the cockroaches of esports. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> they'll stay around. But to see companies like Beyond the Summit, that is one of the premier. They weren't just Smash. There were other fighting games. There were Dota as well coming up like that is a, a big one going down and it's scary because the two reasons you guys just said from a talent from a production standpoint and even from like a overall thought process of what this is like competition makes people better if right. you are the only company that let's say a Fortnite can go to and be like hey we need you guys to produce fncs for us and you don't do a good job who cares? Where else are they going to go? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, 
if that then kind of lowers the quality, which I'm not saying it will, but having somebody nipping at your heels, trying to make you be better. And if you slip up, they're ready to push you. That is what you want when we're still growing as an ecosystem within esports. is you want people to be trying to become the next great thing and not necessarily just a couple of top players really deciding how everything works. This is where I genuinely wish I had tens of millions of my own hard-earned cash where I'm like, I'll buy up all of what's left to be on the summit and just make prac that much bigger, <laughs> right? Can't do that. But, you know, those are the kind of thoughts that go through my mind because it's true. You are absolutely correct when there are, you know, again, when you own the space like that, literally, you know, the quality bar can be dropped and there is no one to hold you accountable because you are really all that's left. So esports is in a, in a very fragile space right now. Yeah, money coming in is amazing. Congratulations, Esports Engine and Vindex. Vindex, who put in, I believe, $60 million about two or three years ago to acquire Esports Engine. And people might have looked at that and been like, ha, huh, that's stupid. Why would you do that? I'm sure they just cashed out. Probably, you know, a little 5x, 10x, 20x their, uh, their investment, undoubtedly. So we're in a space, man. Hey, if you're listening and then you got big money, come talk to us at Practice Server. You know, we're, we're up next, baby. That's what I always say. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is this is a continue revolving door here, man. It's been a fun week of esports. Let's go ahead and just round things out, though, as we start coming to a close. We have a, an uproar, I think, in a, in a what is to be a taboo topic in esports right now. Adderall usage is something that kind of sparked up, I think, in conversation. I feel like this is one of those seasonal topics, though, right? They come around, people start pointing the finger. And, uh, you know, we all know esports is kind of the wild, wild west of any kind of high level competition. It's not really moderated very well, is it? No. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely one of those interesting, interesting things that are conversations in esports that we continuously pop up. And and for me, I took Adderall from age 10, I want to say 10, 11 to age 17. And then I had to take it again from age 20 to age like 27. So Adderall has been a prominent part of my personal life in just because it was a prescribed drug for me and I needed it, right? But the conversation isn't as much about, oh, normal Adderall usage. It's about abusing the drug and the powerful effects it can have on the body and mind. And genuinely, one of the scariest things about it is, like, I remember I was overdosed by the doctor for a bit when I was younger. They gave me too much. And when I would take it there, like for prolonged periods of time, I became what, like, I'm trying to think of the terminology, but I essentially lost all empathy and emotion. Interesting. It was like, it was genuinely like all that. I was like a robot, essentially. My mind was functioning at a million miles a minute. But like, if something happened that like would cause drama or like heavy emotion from someone, I couldn't process it when I was on Adderall. So from personal perspective and like seeing how it can impact young people, if not like taken carefully, it is a serious, serious thing. So listen, even if this message gets to one person out there, like if you do decide to take Adderall, make sure it's doctor prescribed, make sure you're taking the right dosage. Cause the last thing you want to do is turn yourself into a zombie. Well, and I think Bryson posted that this is more than just an esports thing. Like, there's a lot sure. of people being prescri prescribed Adderall 
And I'm not even going to talk about, you know, whether or not that's a great drug or whether or not you want to be taking that. There is a lot of people that don't take that that are not prescribed or take way more than they should and take it for the wrong reasons. I was in college not too long ago. That was thing that you took to party and you could drink and hang out and have a good time for a long time drinking on Adderall. So I'm not saying that it's a terrible thing. I'm not saying it's unique to esports, but at the same time, it is also a unique problem when it comes to Fortnite specifically, because how are you going to tell me you're going to drug test my 14, 15, 16 year old kid to play in your event that that becomes this whole weird legal problem for drug testing children to play in tournaments. And I don't think that will ever really happen. So I think it's just, you know, yeah, and it'll it, be what it is and people are going to have to deal. And it's not even, it's not just Fortnite. Like we're talking esports in general, Call of Duty, yeah. CSGO, you name it. Think of the game and think about, yeah, you having to be subjected to like, yeah, dude, we're going to drug test you before you go play this game. It sounds kind of outlandish, but at the same time, if we want to hold some kind of competitive, um, you know integrity you sort of want that right like again it's 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 like a double-edged sword like you don't want to be the guy that says you know hey we, we want to drug test these guys we want to just make sure everyone's on the same playing field but you know everyone's turning a blind eye to it too so it kind of makes you as guilty as anyone else very very interesting topic to, to discuss as it you know relates to esports uh but just recently you know as this conversation again we'll just call it the pandora's box was opened up and this this conversation leaked onto the timeline jake lucky who does a lot of esports coverage pulled in calculator the old young calculator we've been talking about this man since he was a little 15 year old boy 14 year old boy on this podcast he's now a young adult and he's grown up and come such a long way he continues to be a little controversial but he is a very very bright young man and um he went about sharing his his experiences and his stories about him knowing of other Fortnite pros that literally have taken a much more dosage than they are prescribed, and they perform very very well all on it. So it is it is a it's a messed up conversation and topic to think about, but maybe there is awareness to be had here, and, and parents can you know hopefully hear about this and add some accountability, especially to, to the younger competitors out there. Because you're you're absolutely right. It's such a sticky topic. Yeah. Well, I think the funniest thing was is this has like been going on for 10, 15 years. Fallout when this whole thing popped up said something about back in the MLG Halo days in 2007, you would go into the bathroom and see dudes snorting Adderall it's in crazy. the bathroom. <laughs> so like this is nothing new. This is not going to change. We'll talk about this in another like 4 months when someone else brings it up again. But it's, it is good to bring awareness to it and just understand that this is something happening where unlike other sports where, you know, taking roids or HGH isn't necessarily going to help you, but there are definitely things that people take to try and get advantages within games. Yep. And, and again, it's, it's really not going to go anywhere until we figure out a way to moderate it and honestly bring the conversation to the table. It's just one of those pop-up topics that just get covered here and there. And it's more of a drama focus. It's never an educational focus. Like, Hey, Here's, I don't think I've ever seen one person say, hey, here's the downsides of doing this, by the way. I'm someone who had XYZ experience and just kind of how you shared a little bit of insight, Panda. I've never seen anyone talk about just publicly share experience. Like, hey, dudes, if you're doing this, look out, right? Like, like really educating the youth. And that can be, again, part of the problem, right? Like I said, 
most of these tournament organizers, myself included, I mean, I've never once crossed my mind to think, hey, dog, we, we going to test y'all because it's got to be done. But, you know, it is something that, that needs to be, I think, I think paid a little more attention to. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be a thing that, unfortunately, no matter what, it won't be, like, testable or, like, honestly, even enforceable. But it's more of something that internally as a group we have to have these discussions yeah. so that there's awareness around it, right? Because genuinely, especially when kids get a hold of stuff like this and they do it for, like, performance-enhancing reasons, all they're thinking about is, oh, this is going to enhance my performance. They don't think about anything else. When genuinely there are side effects and heavy neg negative side effects to Adderall. So you have to be super careful with it. Well, to me, I think the gateway onboarding step for this kind of abuse, to me, is these the promotion of these fuel drinks. The G-Fuels, the Ghost Energies, the, the, I don't know, dude. There's too many of them at this point to yeah. name out. To me, at least, again, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for, like, just staying away from that kind of stuff. You could tell me it's as healthy as you want it to. It's just such a new product. It's this type of, again, performance enhancer as they promote it. And I have seen yeah. videos, especially there's one video that sticks in my mind. When Oliver OG was dry scooping, like, straight up G-Fuel and, like, popping it directly in his mouth and, like, swallowing it as if he was taking the cinnamon challenge and, <laughs> and just gulping it down like it was candy, bro. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, you cannot be proud that people are doing this with your product. It just can't be healthy. I used to do that with pre-workout, not uh, gonna lie. That's and a problem. Me, yeah, it took me one of my buddies having severe kidney issues of being hospitalized for me to stop taking pre-workout. And now, I mean- Well, you were abusing it, I guess, at that point, yeah, maybe. That, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. it was. At this point, I mean, it's somewhat been regulated down, but these caffeine-like mind drinks that they like to call them, you know, mind intensifiers or whatever the heck right. you want to say is going to happen when you, you take them. Like they're not that far away from taking pre-workout. And when you get your heart rate going, like you should be active, you should be doing stuff and you're yes. really sitting here just like, and all amped up and all you're doing is moving your arms a little bit. I, I'm not a doctor, but I just can't think that's good. For and listen, I know what it's like. You catch a caffeine high, you play games, you're feeling good. Like, I get it, but that's the problem. It feels good, probably not healthy. You know, all that elevated senses that you're receiving. Again, it can be very, very much abused. And, and there's ways to um, probably avoid that abuse through a little bit of educating. I'm all about coffee. Y'all know I'm an I'm a advocate and supporter. And, you know, I, I got a lot of cool things planned in the future that surround this, you know, the coffee industry. But, man. There's something about the fuels, though. I just, I can't get behind it. And it maybe maybe someone can view me as a hypocrite or something like that because it kind of is the same thing. Maybe not to the same degree, but I don't know. Panda, any final thoughts on this before you get on? Um, I mean, listen, I can I can break down everything about energy drinks and and stuff on that regard. But I will say coffee is is the only healthy alternative to caffeine. Coffee and tea. Natural. Coffee, tea and chocolate. Right? Natural. Like, natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coffee, tea, and chocolate are the only three things that are like natural caffeine that uh, can can be actually put as natural and relatively healthy. Obviously, caffeine, if you don't know at home, what it does is it restricts the vessels in your brain and it restricts blood flow through the, the canals in your brain. So while caffeine is good in one-off situations, Heavy amounts of caffeine can cause huge strains on the head, which is why you have 
withdrawal headaches and other things when you come off of it because dry you have eyes. excess blood, dry eyes, yeah, excess blood going through the brain. Like so, there's so much I've learned about this recently because for me, I was just recently diagnosed with kidney issues and liver issues because of caffeinated beverages. So it's something you gotta, you guys at home, be careful because I was drinking Ghost Energy cans every single day. While I still have them in the fridge, it is not an everyday thing anymore. Right. So be careful. Again, as I talk, and I'm on my second cup of caffeinated coffee today, <laughs> and I haven't worked out yet. Today's my off day, so I'm just doing it because it's a guilty pleasure. See? That's a problem. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, we're not here to dig too much into your lifestyle and what you're doing. We just we just want to open up these conversations. They're important ones to, to have, and y'all know we just want to make sure everybody's doing good. But that's been this week's episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Don't forget to send all of your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. I hope y'all enjoyed this hour banger. Let's go ahead and allow the boys to sign off before we get up out of here. SBG, we'll start with you, brother. Uh, somebody's gone on everything. We've got a new season coming. Heck yeah. Going to try and pump out some content on Friday. I'll be up early making some shorts, maybe a quick long-form video for everybody. And shout-out NKA Ninja for saying you listen to the podcast. You're still here. Appreciate you. Hey, let's, let's go. go. Big shout out to NKA. You know, just find me Life W Panda all over. Announcement one, if you didn't know, was me going back to FMCS. Announcement two was supposed to drop last week. It has not yet, but stay tuned. Announcement two is going to be even bigger than me being on FMCS. I know that's crazy because that was like the biggest thing to ever happen for me or any of us as talent is to get on a main broadcast. But I promise you this next announcement is going to be crazy. So stay tuned. Big things coming. And Monster. Where can they find you? Hey, man, as always, at Monster DeFace across all social media. I'm chilling. I'm vibing, but I'm feeling motivated. Been on a health journey lately, just working out, doing my thing. My son is freaking almost three weeks old. He's uh he's gained almost a full pound now since he's been born. So, man, things, things are looking up for us over here. And, yeah, thank you guys, of course, for supporting this podcast, the thousands of downloads, and, and the people we reach week to week is not overlooked we don't take it for granted so we appreciate y'all we'll catch you guys next week on the next episode of the fortnite podcast and we'll be just one step closer to that new season hype so it's gonna be a lot to talk about we'll see y'all there peace fam